Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what do you have for us today? I have Fan Zaran Mohammed. <laughs> All right. She is an Egyptian biochemist and environmental biologist, a cancer biologist, and a toxicologist, known for her work <laughs> on the anti-tumoral effects of snake venom. Mm. And... Io do iodo acetate. Iodo acetate. <laughs> also being, I suppose, an anti-tumoral thing. Um, okay. she is currently the professor of biochemistry at Zagazig University, <laughs> Egypt. That sounds real. It's a real place <laughs> where zigzags go. Uh, she's head of the biochemistry division there, faculty of the science. And a member of Egyptian University's Promotion Committees, or the EUPC. So that's who I have here. Eric, what do you what do you got over there? Well, I have okay. a list of Mexican films of 1979. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, a, a nice deviation. I mean, yeah. Mexican films. Of 1979. Of 1979. <laughs> Are there more than five? Yeah, there's at least 10. Are there more than 20? There's not 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So no, we got Guyana, Crime of the Century, which is an exploitation film. Of course. Okay. Mexico Norte, Cuando Tejen Las Arañas, El Chanfle. La Nina de la Mochila Azul. Chenoc and El Circo Union. Erotica. Why? <laughs> okay, yeah. Trey Mujeres and La Bruguera. La Tia Alejandra. Okay, Mr. Pancho. <laughs> That's broken the flag. Yeah, they just gave up. Just made the names in English. <laughs> so yeah, interesting. Um, so why is the only flag. one that lists its genre the exploitation film? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Broken Flag was entered in the 11th Moscow International Film Festival for some reason. And another one, La Viuda de Montiel was entered into the 30th Berlin International Film Festival. So I think it's safe to say that Mexico probably doesn't have an international film festival. Probably not. I mean, if they wouldn't enter it into their own international they film festival. Enter, enter one of their ten films into their own film festival. Yeah, that's a uh, uh, pretty sorry state of affairs there. Man, they don't even have a cast list for that first one, Guyana. Yeah, Guyana, the crime of the century. Even though when you go to... 
the article, it has a cast, cast members. <laughs> the movie that and dares to tell the truth behind the most shocking crime of the century. Guyana, crime of the century, cult of the damned. Oh no. Are we already doing this? Did Are we, we, just, did we already choose this I article? So. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, we do film so often that I thought but maybe we should. We haven't sh- done Mexican. We haven't done Mexican. It's, a, it's an opportunity that if we do not appease Wikipedia, Wikipedia will never give us this opportunity <laughs> again. And yes, the ones that have links, they say what the genre is. So I don't know. I don't I, know why this uh, little list here is incomplete. Oh wow! Okay, you gotta click on Trey Mahuris and La Huguera because this guy is like purple hair. He's looking at some lady with a tiara. Oh wow! This is <laughs> this that man has a purple mustache too. <laughs> what, what, look at that! Just look a little bit closer at that picture. That is a purple mustache. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this movie. Um, Apparently, it's a keep, drama and Let's keep and window thriller. shopping, shall we? Some of these filmed have filmed in 1976, though. I don't know. It took them three years know. in post. <laughs> three years in post. All ADR. All ADR. <laughs> Maybe this is why they only put out ten films in one year. Uh, let's see. Ooh, the article for El Chanfle has no sources. It may be too long <laughs> and excessively detailed, and it may require cleanup to meet Wikipedia's quality standards, which I have to say, from the uh, plot being... Oh. <laughs> that wouldn't fit in the back of a DVD box. No. That would, that would not work. Um, you know, this kind of bothers me. This article does not cite any sources... Yep. It's too long. Yes. And yet it exists. And yet here it is. It, they allow it. They allow it to just it's exist fine. because there's it's not taking up space. And it's know, just sitting there. You know what? Like there aren't links to any of uh, you know, I mean there's a sequel to this movie, <laughs> but like I don't understand just because it has links to other actors and actresses? Is that why? I guess. I I, is that why that's okay? But because <laughs> it really has no citations. Yeah. We don't even know those actors are real people. What if they have no citations for their <laughs> existence? This like, is like the catfish of Wikipedia articles. Yeah, it's a fake It's a fake thing. It just goes deeper and deeper, and nobody's picked up on it. One of these days, they will allow the Wikipedia Chronicles to have a Wikipedia article. Soon. And then we will enter the roulette wheel and yes. possibly get our own article. Well, as soon as we do that, that's the that's the series finale right there. Oh yeah. Like once we've done that, <laughs> we're 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 done. We've we came here what we did we we came here to do. That's it. Man, I I gotta tell you though, El El Chanful Chanful? Yeah. Uh it's got me tempted just because mm. of that real nice Almost blow for blow movie plot that you can read. <laughs> yeah, I do love are those long movie those plots. Those really long, convoluted movie <laughs> plots that half the time oh, like God. don't make any sense. Uh, they're, they're yeah, really they good. they uh, contradict themselves, and the characters are doing wild things. That uh, they're just 
Yeah, I mean, some of these other ones seem kind of interesting, but there's not a lot to them. I would be okay with going to El Chanfle. All right, let's do El Chanfle. Because, I mean, the other film that actually has, like, a decent article is just the uh, exploitation film, and it's just about Jim Jones. We all know about <laughs> what happened there. It was just that weird cult that, the, you know, the, the, the place where the, the drinking the Kool-Aid thing came from. Hmm. Literally that. Like, terrible tragedy, but okay, we've been <laughs> over it. What we need to know about is El Chanfle. <laughs> That's that's the new thing. That's what's hip. That's what's with it. It's a movie created by, uh, I mean, El Chanfle is now. El Chanfle is a movie from Mexico in 1979, which we've already established, created by Roberto Gomez Bolanos, also known as Chesperito. <laughs> it was filmed in Mexico in 1978. It's classified as a comedy movie. So, well, here we go. It's plot time. <laughs> Buckle up, people. All right, so El Chanfle, who is played by the director, I guess? Yes, Roberto. Writer, director, comedic star. Roberto Gomez Balanos, also known as Chesperito. <laughs> you may continue. Well, we will call him Chesperito. Chesperito! <laughs> is a water boy at Club America. Okay. Who helps the <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so far this is, this is Adam Sandler's the water boy, but yes. Mexican. Yes. <laughs> and he helps the coach Mancho Reyes, played by Ramon Valdez. It's a very manly name. During soccer games, and by giving the players water and helping them with shoes and everything else they need during the game. Constantly, he daydreams during the games causing him to accidentally kick the coach during penalty shots. What? Every penalty Wait. shot? Yeah, that's his shots. So like, that's like every this time. This isn't like one time. It's, it's like a consistent He just issue. has dreams and then he, and he accidentally kicks. Kick, casually coach. just kicks the coach at full force. During penalty penalty shots. Well, I mean, it's like, the best time to do it. That's a specific time yes. that he kicks him. <laughs> and he's not in the game. Nope. He's just walking around. Okay. Nor he, nor nor could he enter the game. He is a water boy. Let's yeah. make that abundantly clear right now. Maybe he's daydreaming about being in the game. He must be, but I mean, and why then, must he do that in proximity <laughs> to the coach? If he knows he's swinging his head, his his legs. Yeah. Like why? Why doesn't he just stand someplace else? He doesn't need to be there. And why is it only penalty shots? It's yeah, not he like, could daydream any other time. It's not like oh, I'm about to kick the ball into the goal. Yeah. It's like it has to be penalty shots. I don't, I don't get All that, right. but okay. He is married to the Earth. I mean, Terry. I mean, <laughs> Florida Meza, a typical housewife who's passionate about soccer. Well, uh, yeah. That's what they, that's what they call football <laughs> in Mexico, soccer. Um, mainly because of Chanfle's job. Despite having been married for ten years, they are not precisely in the best financial situation. <laughs> to the point that they could not afford fixing an old sofa, which falls to the back when someone sits on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't... Wait. You don't fix sofas, do you? I don't... I mean... How, I mean, I guess you could, but yeah. I feel like that would be more expensive than just buying a new one. Yeah. And this, this seems like an odd problem to have, like, falling... The whole entire sofa just tilts backward. Because then you just need some wheat in the front. Otherwise, yeah. it's a fine sofa. Just 
weigh it down. Get yeah. Some, like, get some lead. Get some fishing weights. <laughs> get some normal weights. Get any kind of well, heavy object. That's the problem. They can't afford it. <laughs> they can't afford rocks? They can't go out and get some rocks somewhere? Are you kidding? I don't know. I don't know Mexico's stuff. They have Mayan ruins. They can just go get some Mayan ruin blocks. Ah, there you go. Yeah, those are free. Those are outside. Just go outside and get some of those Mayan ruins. Just bring those. I won't curse your house at all. We'll be fine. Um, or is it the Aztecs who were... It doesn't matter. Um, the point is that one day, Terry was talking to Chanfle about saving, and she said, talking about saving money, you saw what I bought at the supermarket? Then, Terry showed Chanfle a pair of new shoes. So Chanfle said, that isn't saving, that is spending. After that, Terry said, nope. It's saving, because I bought them in the supermarket, and nobody charged me for them. <laughs> Making Chanfle realize that his wife took a pair of shoes without paying for them, so he, parentheses, as a recurring gag to a show, him as a straight-up guy, and parentheses, that's what it said, I didn't misquote <laughs> it, sorry, rolled up to imaginary sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> and return to the store with Terry. There, he wow. paid 299 pesos in order to pay for the shoes to a nice cashier store clerk, Angelines Fernandez, is the actress who played that person, who told them that already their bosses had discounted that amount from her salary. <laughs> Therefore, he did not have to pay for the shoes. Terry and Chanfle, who had been married for 10 years, never had any children, and they wanted to, since Terry was 28 years old and Chanfle was 35. So, Chanfle's boss and president of the club, Mr. Matate, played by Ruben Aguirre. Whoa, president of what club? Wait, the what? Club America. Oh, Club America. Yeah, becomes aware of this after Chanfle asks him for a raise. Then, Mr. Matate told Dr. Nahara, played by Edgar Vivar, who was the physician at the soccer team, about Chanfle and Terry's predicament. After Terry and Chanfle talked with Dr. Nahara, the doctor told them that he knew some people at a lab, so Chanfle and his wife went there for some lab tests. Incidentally, Dr. Nahara sat on the coach, and due to his overweight figure, he broke the floor, making him <laughs> fall down to Dr. Chapatin's apartment some floors below. So and what they meant to say was that his weight broke the couch, but they said it broke the coach. Which is a confusing <laughs> thing, because they were talking about Chanfle's boss, who you think maybe is the coach, but he's not. He's the president of Club America, which is the soccer team he works for, who's the water boy for. But that's not something you would know, because of the way be they phrased this paragraph. Pretty hilarious if he sat on the coach and it broke sat, the floor. he broke the floor by sitting on the coach. He sits on the coach, and then, boom, he's three floors below him. Now, if he broke the floor... Wouldn't his overweight nature break it all the time? He should have been able to break it as soon as he got to that floor. Like, as soon yeah. as he got on that floor, walking around, he would have weighed the same as he would have were he just on the couch. Right. Man, I tell you. I didn't think the problem with the couch was that... The problem with the couch was that it tipped over. The problem with the couch was not that it was on the weak floor. So yeah. that's why I don't... <laughs> understand why that was the incident that happened but uh yeah. they're, they're 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 movie makers they're the dreamers of dreams they're not physics <laughs> they're not physicists let's let's not 
Let's not hold that against them. It's interesting how unfunny things become when they are described Wrong. in detail and, and very incorrectly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I hope that American movies that are comedies are described this poorly. <laughs> yeah. I mean... And in detail. To countries that they are not native to. <laughs> But then, I mean, like, I can't imagine having to relay the plot of any Adam Sandler film to anybody yeah. from a different culture. Like, I just can't, <laughs> I just can't fathom. I can't begin to think how I would relate Stop Looking At Me, Swan, for example. Right. Even just that simple, like, like m- mirage uh, yeah. uh, in, in, in that movie. Just to, to, like, try to relay that to another, like, I don't know how I would do it. I don't know how I could. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like... I know learning languages. You think that would help? But I feel as though there are just co- some cultural barriers. Yeah, that you can't. I feel like cross. There's definitely uh, comedy cultural might... comedic tendencies, yeah. and it is clear that India and Mexico have different ideas of comedy than America. <laughs> I just love how it just says randomly that. They never had children, but they wanted to at the end of a paragraph. As if it has anything to do with the previous information. (laughs) 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 But anyway, so after uh, Dr. Nahara sits on the coach and falls through the floor, (laughs) uh, Terry brought the results to Dr. Nahara, who told her she was going to have a baby. She was nervous and very happy at the same time. Then she gave the news to her husband, who was also very happy, to the point of jumping and dancing at the club's patio. But Terry and Chanfle were still in need of money like they had before. So they decided to sell an old gun, what? formerly belonging to Terry's father. Um, Chanfle and Terry went down the street and tried to sell the pistol to a drunk man named Paco. Why him? Played by Raul Chateau Padilla. You could have chosen anybody else to sell it to. You <laughs> chose a drunk guy outside. Who thought that they were trying to rob him. Oh, yeah. Due to Chanfle showing the gun as he was pointing him. As he was pointing him, uh-huh. and proceeded <laughs> to give some things from his house to Chanfle, and old lamp, a guitar, etc. Paco then yelled at a policeman, saying that Terry and Chanfle were trying to rob him. So they begun, they began to run, and were not successful in selling the pistol. Obviously, nope, they were not successful in selling the pistol. Yes, they have. <laughs> Clearly, that was an unsuccessful attempt. Uh, another day, Chanfle and his wife Terry were shopping at the store where the nice clerk was working at. So it is later discovered that Paco, the drunk man, was a hu- was the husband of this nice cashier. Um, Paco bumps Chanfle in the parking lot of the store, and because Paco was angry because he thought Chanfle was robbing him the other day they had met. He threw a watermelon at Chanfle and chased him all the way to a city park. So he's Gallagher now? When Chanfle got back to the parking lot, Terry wanted to drive home herself and was impatient about it, causing her to become less careful with her driving and to crash with another car. Then, because Chanfle was highly ethical, 
he was willing to pay for the damage to the owner, car's owner. So he went to the clerk and asked her who was the owner of the car with the license plates 631ACJ. When the clerk heard that she, she sadly said, only yesterday I had my car at the mechanic. Uh, Wait, okay, so... So it's the clerk's car. Yes, so it was the clerk's husband, and now it's the clerk's car. Okay. And another worry for Chonflay and Terry, they didn't have money for paying to the lady's car damage, nor to repair their old sofa. This problem was solved when Terry went once again to the supermarket and gave the nice clerk 100 pesos for the car's repair. Whoa, no, no, no. No, stop. <laughs> How was it... S okay, neither Terry nor Chonfle have money. They don't have money to fix the nope. sofa. They don't have money to fix the car. They don't have money to fix the coach. <laughs> <laughs> now, the problem was solved... When Terry went to the supermarket and gave the clerk a hundred pesos for the repair, they don't have a hundred pesos. That's the whole premise of this. Why? Why did you go? Where did you get the hundred pesos? It wasn't just solved. You don't have money. That's not. You don't just pull it out of thin air. It's a yeah. currency. Oh, but it gets better, because then. The clerk confessed that her husband wanted to buy a gun. No, no, no. Her husband oh, probably the clerk did. Paco wanted yeah, to. Yeah, because probably because he was robbed earlier. Yeah. And he wants to protect himself. Right. When Terry heard this, she promptly and very happily said, I'll sell you one. That evening, she sold the gun to the supermarket clerk, and now Terry was debt free. Great. So, okay. So, uh,. What was she in debt before? Well, I mean, there was the sofa and the couch okay. and the coach and the floor and the car and her car and the other car and the shoes. But that she they already were gave out of money for the car, right? And they but they took the two hundred ninety nine okay. pesos for the shoes out of her salary. Oh, uh, okay. And but I love how she gives a hundred pesos. Like here's a right. hundred pesos for your car's repair. Now give me money for this gun. Like I, I just don't. Or maybe the car <laughs> that didn't cover the whole repair, so she sold the gun for the remaining yeah, pieces. That could be. And that then could he, like, be. but covered the difference. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm really. I mean, there's really not enough detail for me to discern <laughs> it, to be honest with you. So, the months go by, and Terry was gonna give birth to a kid. <laughs> that remember that when the Harris said she was pregnant. Okay, sure. Well. Yep. Club America is expected to play the championship game against Al Atlético Español, which is the Spanish uh, athletic club, <laughs> and, as opposed to the American one. And Terry is expected to have her child after the game because <laughs> they have it down to that pinpoint science. Oh, we think you're gonna, your baby's going to be due after the big game. After the big game. <laughs> During, maybe. Who knows? Whatever's more dramatic. Um, or comedic. <laughs> or comedic. <laughs> Whatever this genre <laughs> is supposed to be. Um, okay. So she went to the soccer stadium with Diana, played by Maria Antonetta de la Neves, the soccer club's secretary, who was in love with one of the most popular players on the team, Valentino, played by Carlos Villagran. 
Then Terry met again with the clerk and her husband Paco, who said, Stranged. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange today. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you, but I'm not going to say it to you normal. I'm going to say it to you, strange. <laughs> anyway, Terry met again with the clerk and her husband Papa, who said, "Have we?" Who said, "Strange?" Have we met before? How do you say that, strange? Have we met before? Have we met before? Have we met before? Oh, have oh. we met before? Ha- have we met before? <laughs> uh, during the game, Terry began to give birth. So, okay, well, there's a surprise. Uh, with the help of Terry. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's back. So during the game, Terry, who is the pregnant one, so is wait, wait, at wait. the game. When, when did she meet with the clerk and her husband, Paco? During the game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She was at the she went to the soccer okay, stadium so with Diana. This is during the game she met the clerk and Paco. Right. And he said strange, have we met before? Yes, he said that strange to, to <laughs> that to her. And Which then they did. They did she meet began before. to give birth. Yes. With the help of herself. That's right. Nice <laughs> <Vice> clerk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She is taken to the infirmary to be attended by Dr. Nahara. Well, I mean, at least she oh, helped herself out yeah, there. Yeah, you gotta help yourself. Yeah. At the uh, same time, Valentino cheated to provoke a penalty kick, which helped America get a goal. In the second half, Chanfle learns that his wife was about to give birth at the same time that an Atletico defender puts Valentino down to sentence another penalty kick. At that moment, Chanfle daydreamed about his son-to-be, dreaming that the boy become a famous player for America with the looks of Chanfle and is able to be a forward for his team, scoring an (laughs) irrational number of goals for America in that game. But he wakes up after kicking coach Don Mancho again when daydreaming about his son shooting a penalty kick. Why is it always about a penalty kick? It's always during the penalty kicks. After this, he is kicked off the game intentionally in order to see his wife. <laughs> so I guess he just keeps kicking his coach. So, wait, wait, wait. So his, he was kicked off the game intentionally in order to see his wife. So yes. was the coach like, hey, your wife's giving birth. You're kicked out of the game. Go see your wife. Yeah. Okay. I think. Or maybe or, he like, deliberately was, agitated him until his he just said, get out of here. You're fired. That could be. <laughs> you don't have a job anymore. Have fun raising a kid now. You so... Th- did he intentionally daydream because he knew he was going to kick the coach and then get kicked off in order to see his wife while she was giving birth? Because something was done intentionally here. I think he intentionally continued to daydream about his son, so he continued kicking. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I really don't. I really don't know. I just don't have 
any idea about 90% of what I just read. Okay. I just read it because I need to get through this at this point. Well, like, let's we're already see. so close to the end. We've got to finish this. <laughs> let's see what happens. So, Chanfle bumped into Paco again, who had a gun already in his hands and okay. was going to kill Chanfle. <laughs> what? Whoa! <laughs> but he didn't actually rob you! And it, he's holding the gun that was... Uh, that gun. was his. Yeah. Oh, that's ironic. But the wild run which ensued caused them to enter the stadium again, and both of them end causing the game to be suspended. Okay. All right, so that sentence. Yes. Uh, okay, so the wild <laughs> run <laughs> which ensued... Uh, yes. Which the chase, I guess you could also say... The caused them to caused enter the stadium, stadium again and, and both, both of them end, end causing <laughs> the game to be suspended. So both of them end? <laughs> both of them end. Stop running? They stop in the middle of the field, probably. Okay. Something like that. Maybe. Alright, so while Terry is suffering with the birth pain at the same time as Valentino is suffering due to the lesion he got in the game, Okay. That was the whole sentence. Did he, he that get, was it. <laughs> did he, when did he get a lesion? He got a tumor in the game. Don't worry about it. All right. It's normal, normal <laughs> occurrence in soccer. Happens all, right. all the time. Uh, yeah. So he's got, got this lesion. And when Valentino sees Terry, he why asked her. Is she, why is he close <laughs> to her? Where is she? Why is she there? <laughs> He's in the penalty box, right? Valentino's like in the penalty box or oh, something? Oh, wait, wait. Maybe he went to the hospital. Oh, because he has a lesion. That could be. Or a bruise. All right, wait. Hold on. Let's, or a concussion. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't say any anything about Valentino. Oh, okay. So Valentino got put down by an. Okay, so I think so, somebody on the other team must have like they hit, put him down hit to Valentino. get a penalty kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so hurt he's doing it. in the infirmary or whatever, right. and Terry is there, and. When Valentino sees Terry, he asked her what is going on. But I don't know why he would, him, <laughs> because it's obvious that she's pregnant. Because when you're pregnant, you yeah, it's a very specific kind on? of screaming. <laughs> it's also a very specific kind of bulge. Yes, <laughs> in yes. your stomach. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> and she tell him, "We're having a baby. We're having a baby. You and me, Valentino. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's go." Surprised, as long as Valentino was hit in his ribs and doing his trademark Quico face, he began to scream stronger. <laughs> what? <laughs> can we, can we do have a redo on that whole sentence? Which I might remind you starts with the word while. Oh wait, no, when, when, no, when. when. when Valentino sees Terry, he asked her what is going on. And she tell him, we're having a baby. Surprised, as long as Valentino was hit in his ribs and doing his trademark Quico face, he began to scream strongly. <laughs> you know, so, that just <laughs> did not help. <laughs> okay, so, uh, okay, so let's take this in the math route. You start sure. with the parentheses. All right. All right, whatever's in parentheses, you got to figure that out. Maybe the rest will make sense. 
So as long as Valentino was hit in his ribs and doing his trademark Quico face. So whenever he's hit in the ribs, he does a specific kind of facial expression? Maybe? Yeah. But what was him being hit in the ribs having to do with this conversation? Like, why did maybe, they bring... Maybe that's what happened heard, to him. We haven't heard about this face. The yeah. The entire... They, they didn't mention the face. They didn't the mention him face. getting hit in the ribs. Yeah. This is all news to us. We're just hearing about this now. We've read to you word for <laughs> word, as you hopefully could tell, uh, the description thus far. And there has been no mention of a Quico face. Nope. Um... But apparently when he's surprised, that's what he does. Or hit in the Maybe. ribs. Surprised yeah. and or hit in the ribs. Because, you know, those are usually yeah. the same facial expressions. Right. Sure. So then he began to scream stronger. In response to a person Her. that he has never seen before <laughs> in his life saying that she's having a baby, which is very obvious because but she is pregnant and having a baby. Saying we're having a baby. Oh, that causes his pain in the ribs. Maybe. But why did she phrase it that way? That was kind of weird. Maybe she thought it was Chanfei. Maybe she's not looking. Maybe she's too in pain to, to see look. what her surroundings are. That might be it. Although she didn't recognize his voice, so I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Can't tell anymore. We're almost in the home stretch here. All right, though. so, 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 so. Paco chased Chanfei to the medical office. Where Terry was giving birth to a girl. To Sean Flay's dismay. <laughs> so. Oh, so disappointed. Oh, I'm so angry that you're probably going to give birth to a girl, which we haven't established yet because you're still giving birth. <laughs> so the clerk explained to her husband that Sean Flay was the honest man who paid his wife's shoes and sold her the pistol. Paco still thought that Sean Flay was trying to rob him, <laughs> even though Paco had the gun now, until Terry said that her husband's real purpose was selling the gun when Paco was drunk. Terry then said that Paco couldn't kill Sean Flay because the pistol was broken. Ah, of course, because all of their stuff is broken. Yes, that's their, that's their family theme. Then Sean Flay, hearing this, asked Paco, how much do I owe you? So, so he did rob him uh, by selling him a faulty pistol. Uh, I guess. Sort of. He robbed him with a pistol, not using a pistol. Get it? Yeah. That's the whole joke. <laughs> they made this whole movie to make that one zinger, <laughs> folks. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> your time with El Chanfle. All right. So at the end, Mr. Matute. Who is... Was he mentioned before? Matute. Matute, yeah. Yeah, he's the president of the club. Of the, of the football club. Ah, Not to be confused okay. with the coach or the couch. Okay. He announced that Chanfle wasn't going to be in his current job. Instead, he'll be the children's team coach. At the time when Chanfle was going to sign his contract, he accidentally broke all the office furniture and also a VN glass sign. So wow, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, Poss possibly. I think they actually broke the ending, so that's why they had to make Sean Flay too, which they did. So that's not a lie. He's about to sign the con. So this is okay. 
I think I figured it out. This is the Bumblebee Man movie from Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly what this is. He's Precisely. about to sign the contract, and he's like, ah, and, and he goes he, and breaks yep. all the furniture for some yeah. reason. Yeah. It says he breaks all the furniture. Every piece <laughs> of furniture. <laughs> that all must of be it. some pratfall he's doing there. It's a good thing they don't fix the couch then. Like, I'm glad that that's not a plot point because they would just <laughs> break it again. Sean Flay just doesn't understand yeah. how to not break things. Well, he's going around kicking everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good way to not break stuff. <laughs> If I had a book of rules about how to not break stuff, number close to the top five would be don't <laughs> kick everything all the time. Okay, so this movie was such a huge hit in Mexico and Latin America. It rivaled Superman the movie in the box office in Latin America. That's crazy. The film is also very highly regarded by... Chess Burritos fans um, because it showcases the first and only time that the entire cast was together in one production. What entire cast? You know, entire cast of what? The entire cast of Chess Burrito, who was that one was guy. guy? <laughs> as far as we're aware, it's that one dude. <laughs> like, we have no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, seriously, it says at the top of the article, go to the very top of the article, a movie created by Roberto Gomez Bolanos, also known as Chesperito. There's one man. <laughs> one man is Chesperito. He is known as Chesperito. He, the singular, he alone is known <laughs> as Chesperito. However, this is the only... This film is highly regarded by Chess Burritos fans because it was the only time that the entire cast and crew was together in one production, which means to me that at some point this Roberto Gomez-Bolanos guy, he had to lose limbs or something. Like, <laughs> that was the last time all of him was in one movie. <laughs> like, he has to have some, like, horcruxes hidden places or something. Wait, so... After the movie was premiered, Carlos Villagran left the group due to constant clash with Gomez Balaños. And Ramon Valdez left the group a few months later and did a brief comeback in 1981. Uh, Raul El Chato Padilla was a guest member of the group for almost a year and became a permanent member of the cast in 1981 until his death in 1994. So who was... What group? I mean... Is it a group that's, like, named after him? Uh, yeah, I think there's, like, a like television if, like program. Like, if we considered all of the grown-ups actors uh, Sandler, like, if he just had a Sandler club group. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they named it, it was a, I guess it was a, it was a TV show that Chess Burrito had. That was like the Dick Van Dyke mm. show or something. Like that could be. He had a pseudonym that was then on top of that his uh, show's yeah. name. And then there was a cast from that that was really well liked. So, but that's really confusing. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you have a pseudonym and then a show that was named after your pseudonym? Well, we can always uh, head on over to Chess Burrito. But I guess it's also the like it's like the Seinfeld thing. Right. 
Like if Seinfeld did a movie together, it'd yeah. be the same thing. Because Seinfeld is the show. But Seinfeld's also Seinfeld, yeah. the man. So it's the same. That's what they mean. Okay. Probably. But yeah, let's let's out of curiosity, let's go find out more about Chesperito and and company, as it turns out. <laughs> First and foremost, it's the actor we've already mentioned who was alive from 1929 until 2014, passing away at the age of 85. Oh, wow. More commonly known as Chesperito, or Little Shakespeare, uh, the man himself, the original Chesperito, uh, was a Mexican screenwriter, actor, comedian, film director, television director, playwright, songwriter, and author. He is widely regarded as the most important Latin and Spanish language humorist of all time. He was internationally known for di- writing, directing, and starring in The Chess Burrito, El Chavo de Ocho, and El Chapulín Colorado television series. Okay, so is this three separate TV series, or is that last one just the TV series? Okay, no, they're all TV. Okay, all right. All right, so they're all TV shows. The character of El Chavo is one of the most iconic in the history of Latin American television, and El Chavo del Ocho continues to be immensely popular, with daily worldwide viewership averaging 91 million viewers per episode. So this really is like the Seinfeld of Mexico. Yes. 91 million viewers per episode. That's a lot <laughs> for Mexico. Yeah. Jeez. It's a lot for anywhere. Yeah. So before becoming an actor, Chesperito was an amateur boxer, studying engineering at the National Autonomous University of Mexico. Uh, he wrote a number of plays and contributed dialogue for scripts of films and television shows in Mexico, as well as some character acting work before he became famous. His stage name Chesperito was given to him by a producer during his first years as a writer and was concocted from the Spanish phonetic pronunciation of William Shakespeare, or Chespier, combined with Ido, a diminutive commonly used in Mexican Spanish, ergo Shakespeareito, meaning little Shakespeare. Hence, Chespirito. So he was actually discovered as an actor while waiting in line to apply for a job as a writer and soon began writing and starring in his children's comedy shows. Ah, so it's a children's comedy. And uh, his first show was Los Supergenios de la Mesa Cuadrana, a sketch comedy show that appeared in 1968. The show also starred Ramon Valdez, Maria Antoinetta, De Las Nevis, and Ruben Aguirre. And Los Supergenios was later renamed Chesperito y la Mesa Cuadrada, and later Chesperito. Okay, so the show's name changed, and it was Chesperito the whole time. Um, characters like El Chavo, El Chapulan, and Dr. Chapatin were introduced in this show. Um, there's a funny little image of him on the side here. And sure enough, your hunch has been exactly <laughs> correct this whole time. 
In El Chavo, Chesparito played an eight-year-old boy who often took refuge inside a wooden rain barrel in a Mexican neighborhood, and in El Chapulín, Colorado, he played a good-hearted superhero who gets involved in super and humorous situations. The Simpsons creator Matt Gronig has said <laughs> that he created the Bumblebee Man character yes. after watching El Chapulín, Colorado, in a motel on the United States-Mexico border. There we go. <laughs> it makes sense, though. Yes, it does. You called the helmet from so far out. Just from reading the description of... The that. very convoluted <laughs> description of... I don't even remember what the name of that movie was. El Chanfle. <laughs> That's the one. Yes, El Chanfle. They all start with C's and H's, and it's very hard to tell the difference. Um, but yeah, he's also a composer, a very noted composer. Um, it was actually heavily featured in a lot of his works. Uh, let's see, what else did he do here? So that, uh, El Chanfle was actually like in the middle of all of his stuff. It wasn't like after things or... Like it was during the middle of his uh, TV shows. So he died in uh, 2014 from heart failure as a complication of Parkinson's disease. Oh, wow. So he unfortunately had Parkinson's disease. Uh, survived by his second wife, Florinda, which you may remember from the cast oh, yeah. of uh Who actually was his wife. In that, actually right? was his yeah. wife eventually. Um his six children from his first marriage as well, and his 12 grandchildren live on after him. Uh, many Mexican celebrities and Chesperito's former co-stars took to Twitter to express their feelings, and they sent their condolences to Chesperito's widow and family. Such celebrities and former co-stars included George Lopez, Perez Hilton, Eugenio Debrez... Carlos Villagran, Edgar Vivar, Ruben Aguirre, and Maria Antoinetta de la Neves. Chesperito was widely regarded as one of the most renowned Spanish-language comedians of the 20th century. Hmm. On the 1st of December 2014, he was buried at the Pantheon Frances in Mexico City, following a private funeral on a Saturday and a public one held on Sunday at the Aztec Stadium, attended by 40,000 fans. Wow. No one is able to visit his tomb since his widow wife does not authorize fans of his visit of his to visit it. A private security guard is present there along with a security camera at all times. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. For a comedian's grave. Paying a security guard tw- like to watch <laughs> the grave of a comedian. Yeah. A comedian that had 91 million people watching his show, <laughs> which I guarantee had to be more than that because I can't imagine that that like that's an incredible amount of people to be tuning yeah, in. Like, you might have had a few more people around a television set than you thought yeah. at that point. But yeah, this guy was pretty eclectic. Mm-hmm. Hasn't Certainly hasn't made like the most things I've ever seen, but obviously he was a very well-loved, very influential comedian. Yeah. I wonder if El Chanfle exists in the ether of the internet. Oh, boy. If El Chanfle exists, where now? Is, is this it? I think. 
I think I might have found a YouTube video of El Chanfle. Certainly looks odd enough. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, El Chanfle. Because he just kicked his coach. I just have to see the final scene where he breaks all the furniture. That's the iconic wow. one. <laughs> Alright, so far he's doing a good job of breaking everything. I love it when all of these when <laughs> these films are on their on YouTube in their entirety. Yep. <laughs> this really cl helps to clarify a lot of what we just read. <laughs> when they say all the furniture, they mean all the furniture. That much I can tell you. Every single piece of furniture has been completely destroyed. Yeah, there he goes. He's starting. <laughs> yep, you got the table. Up, oh, you got the end table. You got the other lamp. Up, oh, you got all the glassware over there. Then you got the whole bookcase. There's there goes the Greco-Roman statue. <laughs> there goes the coat and uh, the other coat rack. The other bookcase. Up oh, the, the wall-mounted bookcase now. And another bookcase. Didn't even know there was that one over there. There's another. I think it might be the same Greco-Roman statue, actually. <laughs> and this guy really had this room organized pretty well. Oh, that was on a light switch? The chandelier was on a light switch. He hit it. <laughs> he found a way. Okay. And then he literally breaks the the end sign. <clears throat> wow. That was <laughs> certainly an end to the movie. Yep. I guess. See, the thing is, the article did not set him up to be a clumsy person. No, he's just a guy. And I'm wondering if that is a thing. That's like the like, entire premise of the movie. For is the most him part. being clumsy? Yeah. And because that kind of puts other things into perspective, like the drunk thinking that he's robbing him, and that kind of thing. I don't know. Do we want to check out the article for Bumblebee Man? Yeah, let's do that. I mean, if it warranted its own article, we may as well go there. Uh, it takes us to a list of. Simpsons characters. Of course. But it takes us to the Bumblebee Man entry in. Yes. Oh, wow. So I did not know. Initially, it was voiced by Dan Castellaneta and later Hank Azaria. Huh. I always assumed it was just one person. Me too. That's pretty good. But, yep. It is... Uh, the Mexican-Spanish-language television... Sitcom on Channel Ocho, the Bumblebee Man, and he dresses in a Bumblebee costume and performs slapstick comedy. Um, in the episode Team Homer, he bowl he's bowling. His bowling shirt bears the name Pedro, though he is informally referred to as Chesperito. Wow, that wasn't even a little dumb. Wow, <laughs> this is gonna have to go back and watch these episodes. Yeah. Man. Uh, he works at the same studio as Kent Brockman, which is the news anchor. His first appearance was in Itchy and Scratchy the Movie, 
Bumblebee Man is rarely seen to take off his costume, even when by himself. The sole exception is in episode 22 short films about Springfield, in which his private life is shown. In this short segment, he is portrayed as innately clumsy rather than simply <laughs> acting as such. And I do remember that episode. It was that's a that's a great one. In general, Bumblebee Man speaks on simple, over-enunciated, and inaccurate Spanish sentences. His catchphrases <laughs> of choice are typically "I, I, I, no me gusta." I don't like it, or <laughs> I, 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 no es bueno, that's not good, <laughs> and I, Dios no me ama, or God does not love me. <laughs> Quite commonly, his phrases will be intentionally sloppy Spanish. For example, in the episode 22 short films about Springfield, there are several words used that are not real, such as wood, woodpecero for woodpecker, woodpecker, rather than the correct... Pajaro Carpintero. The crude Spanish is used so that English-speaking viewers would still understand what was being said. On occasions, he also speaks English, such as briefly in Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington, in Bart Gets Famous, he anchored the news with an articulate English accent, filling in for Kent Brachman, who would not report the news because he did not get his cheese Danish, which Bart stole to give to Krusty. I feel like that end part is not necessary for that sentence. <laughs> well, it gets know, a little too deep. And the writer so for Al Chanfle's article had to wander someplace after that was done, <laughs> after that masterpiece was created. So it's safe to say he may have t- he true. may have had his hand kept, in kept it in this the uh, you know yeah. chess burrito if universe. If you can create an article like that without it being torn <laughs> down by the mirth that is the Wikipedia staff, then he is. Uh, truly a skilled uh, over-detailer of Wikipedia articles. Yep, and it uh, says that Bumblebee Man is a character created and portrayed by Mexican television. Um, It's a parody of the person, that chess burrito guy. And his show consists of simple skits, often involving heavy slapstick. And the staff have said that whenever they watched Univision, this character was always on. Thus, they created Bumblebee Man, who was, always, who was also always on the air with when the Spanish-language channel is depicted. His costume was based on one used in the Saturday Night Live sketch, Killer Bees. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and in 2003, Azaria won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding VoiceOver Performances for voicing Bumblebee uh, Bumbleman oh, and various other characters. They make it sound like it was specifically for Bumblebee yeah. Man. And no, but it's then for... It's like, no, it's like for it all 20 characters that like, he voices. Why, why would it just be for him? Yeah. It's uh, wild stuff. It is. I never knew it was based on a specific guy. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, man, like they even they even went out of their way to be like, "Hey, it's chest burrito." Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> uh, list of Mexican uh, films of 1979 to list of recurring The Simpsons characters. Hashtag Bumblebee Man. So please visit Facebook.com/slash/TWCPodcast. Give us a like and follow. And go ahead and 
visit iTunes, rate us and review us. And you can also always find new episodes at twc.erictribio.com. And so uh, I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song. And we'll go with Manuel Romain for our outro song, keeping with the Spanish theme, the Mexican theme. All right. I like it. Um, so thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Amazing what you miss out on when you aren't close to Mexico ever. <laughs> yeah. And it's Even just watching a little bit of chess burrito, though, <laughs> I feel a lot more vindicated about literally everything I've ever seen on Univision. <laughs> I just feel like, oh, he influenced everything yeah. in Mexican television for years. Okay. Yes, yes, he did. And this all makes sense now. <laughs> I'm okay with this. It's funny how you get a random article and you think, oh, this is just some small, weird thing nobody's ever heard of. But no, it is one of the biggest things (laughs) ever heard of to the entire people of Mexico. Yeah. Which, by the way, is right next door to your country. So, by the way, (laughs) it's influenced one of the things that influenced you and everything else around it. Yep. Because yeah, it, it had to. It yeah, influenced Simpsons, which influenced everything else. Chess Burrito influenced everything in Mexico, mm-hmm. and it influenced The Simpsons, which influences all of America. Yeah. Which is just. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. That, that was a real rabbit hole. That was a <laughs> genuine rabbit hole for the first time in a long yeah. time. That was. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad we went that route. <laughs> all right. Heal your heart for me. Both of you.